TIAA was created to serve. In the past three years, we've shared $10 billion in profits, not with shareholders, but with participants, our retirement plan customers. And for years, we've provided them personalized financial advice at no extra cost, regardless of the size of their accounts. Why do we give back to participants? It's simple, so they can give back to the world. Learn more at TIAA.org. Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. All right, you heard him. That's Andy Peterson on the line. Welcome to Power Trader Radio, episode 118. I'm your host, along with Mark Eli. Say hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Today is March 7th, 2018. We have a couple other guests on the line as well. How we're going to fit all our comments in in a short half hour, I will never know. Somehow we will. <laughs> Manage one way or another. R.K. Ramesh Kumar, the very talented, often um, just always there when you need him. Uh, Ramesh Kumar, we call him R.K. He's our CTO uh, extraordinaire. We also have John Lindahl on the line. John is one of our instructors, trade caddy instructors. Um, and I think what how I want to open this show. Of course, we have the near report, news, events, analysis, and research. But uh, I just heard. I just heard. Um, that John just placed a trade, covered call trade, turned around, and in one day uh, made 50% return on investment. John, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Sure, Andy. Well, first of all, it was not a covered call. It was a long call. Oh. And um, the, call was, uh, the call was made, identified. I identified the trade through Double Eagle Light. Last night, I was looking at it, and, and uh, the trade was on Alcoa. And um, it, uh, so I, I looked at Alcoa, um, and I looked at different options on it. I went into ARI and found the ARI score was 20.38, I believe, last night. And um, I looked at the technicals, looked at the fundamentals. I read all the news about it. Um, and decided to place. I was looking at different calls. I was looking at bull puts initially, and uh, then I just decided this looked really bullish to me, so I just placed a long call on it. So this morning nice. I entered the long call, and uh, I entered it at uh, uh, the April 20th long call um, at $46 strike price, and I got it for 250 Sold the trade this afternoon for 375, so a net 50% profit in uh, less than a day, and uh, so it was a great trade. Um, but uh, the key portion of it is is uh, um, it was identified through Trade Caddy and uh, uh, then uh, confirmed. I used uh, Ari to confirm it, as well as the uh, technical analysis and fundamental analysis that I got from the Trade Caddy tools. So that's it awesome. Was, uh, a, a great 
trade caddy trade today. And, I got I got um, one question I'm, for you, uh, John. One big question: Why didn't you call me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. So anyway, uh, if you guys aren't aware, and again, we're not trying to self promote, but it just happens. It's, you know, within thirty seconds, we're already talking about our products. But um, so John mentioned first the Double Eagle Light, which um, for those of you who don't know. That's, that's why I thought it was a covered call, because the Double Eagle Light is our covered call tool, which allows us to, um, you know, pick good covered call trades. In fact, I, I placed one today. It was a paper trade, but I placed it nonetheless. I just, I just love placing trades. Um, and so that's what he used to pick it. But then he mentioned R, which is our analysis research index, which kind of looks at the sentimental, technical, and fundamental. It's, score, it's a scoring system for, us, for stocks. And so he said everything lined up and agreed, and I think that would probably have an annual ROI, which is out of this world, if you're able to turn uh, close that trade today. Uh, and you said it had an expiration in April? April 20th. Wow. How about that? That's that's astounding. Congratulations. Well, thank you. The, now, see, the reason I, I put it out there, normally I put a, a long call out a little bit further than that, um, like they usually do about two to three months on those and um but i would have uh, used uh had the had the trade going stagnant or, or bearish i would have pulled calls against it um as a uh, secondary um uh, way of, of adjusting the trade so i would have right. i would have gone for a, a diagonal uh calendar type of a trade and um mm-hmm. and uh, to keep up with the uh any stagnant moves or or uh yeah, yeah, and you're a big fan of the diagonal trades. Um, now you have a show, uh, a workshop on trade caddying. I think we're uh, that's your next show is I think on uh, next maybe not next Tuesday but the Tuesday after that. Is it Tuesday nights that you are having your uh, your workshop? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you can catch John uh, TNT. That's right. That's why we call it TNT Tuesday night trades. With John Lindahl, uh, that's one you don't want to miss. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we also have a Monday night show as well. Um, but again, I digress. I don't want to, you know, talk just about trade caddy tools and workshops and education. Um, I have a, a couple other trades I think we would, might want to talk about. I've got a cage match. Um, uh, before I get into that cage match between the OCW and Barron's, Barron's recommended a uh, bull call on Micron. And so I went to see what the OCW had to say about that. So we got a cage match there. Uh, see which is the better trade. I guess it all depends on your opinion and your risk tolerance, that kind of thing. Mark, did you have any trades that uh, that piqued your interest this week? Oh, um, yeah, we had some trades. Uh, they were uh, spike ready for the based upon news events, and like you just presented very nicely, sentimental analysis is uh incorporates news events and this is the expectation of the investor in the future and what really helps investors um make decisions is knowing those news events such as earnings reports and court decisions and if you're in uh pharmaceutical companies anytime a patent is a decision is going to be uh, made or anything like that and then if you're in uh any type of the industry that that has uh, a new sensitive event that's really nice to know. And, and right now there's, there's a lot of those news events that are coming out and um, you know, Andy, you, you know, to, you ask a question about any traits that I was interested in. And I, I wanted to start off by saying that that cryptocurrency, a, a lot of people have known that this is a bubble and know that this bubble is going to burst someday. 
but the question was, is this burst going to be a, a, a instantaneous one or is it going to be a slow drizzle down? And um, Amazon just recently released its decision to get into a kind of pseudo cryptocurrency with the Amazon coin. Have you heard about this? The Amazon coin? No, I have not. Uh, you know, up to this point, you know, skeptics say that it's just for, you know, human trafficking and other really um, horrible uh, methods of payment, which, of course, is an exaggeration. Um, but, yeah, I, I think banks are, are potentially getting behind it. I think company or uh, countries are getting behind it. Companies are getting behind it. It's just a matter of how it all shakes out. So, yeah, tell us about Amazon and what kind of legs that is getting. Well, it, it, right now they did a survey, and the survey is – uh, the, uh, it's a educational survey, Elliot Lead uh, Edu survey, and uh, they surveyed the prime users of Amazon to ask them what percent of them would be consider using the Amazon coins, and 58% said they would, and not only uh, they said 45% of all the Amazon users said they would even consider using Amazon as their primary bank account. So right. that source is CNBC. So, uh, you know, uh, if you yeah, have... That's a big, that's a big deal. Uh, and just, just to interject here, um, yeah, you know, that that's kind of what... I have a outstanding JPM uh, uh, bull call, or no, bull put trade um, that is expiring in two days. And it rose on the, on the news that JPM might be partnering with um, Amazon with regards to the banking, with regards to the association there. So, yeah. Amazon's really got its fingers in a lot of different uh, tools, methods of payment. So, yeah, go ahead. So I was at Whole Foods the other day, and our CTO, uh, I was going through the salad line, and our CTO said, hey, did you know Amazon bought Whole Foods? I'm there, what? <laughs> so, yeah, Arcade yeah. telling me what Amazon is doing in Whole Foods. So Amazon is looking very attractive, and of course, it's a competitor against Walmart, and what has Walmart stock been doing? So the short answer to your question, Amazon is a good bullish trade. Walmart looks like a bearish trade. And then one more trade to throw in the queue, Dropbox is pitching an IPO. I'm thinking, hey, if Dropbox comes out and offers an IPO, um, that's going to be interesting because a lot of people want to do file sharing, and Dropbox has been out there. And for people get get invested in that, that might be a good opportunity too. So those are three trades. Mark, yeah, is, no, uh, is Amazon also doing? Um, aren't they also going in partnering with United Healthcare to do some uh, uh, prescription drugs? Really, didn't know that. Yeah, they're going to be a major disruptor in the healthcare industry because of that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what they partner with or whether they're going to just come right on in, like, you know, into the shipping business and whether they're going to be a disruptor in that industry. It's just a matter of where they're going, where their tentacles are going to reach next. And yes, indeed, um, they are certainly working with uh, in the healthcare industry, too. Um, I'm looking at an article here right now on Reuters Amazon Brookshire, JP Morgan partner to cut U.S. healthcare costs. Yep. And uh, and like you said, they're also uh, I think they're also going to start uh, uh, moving into uh, UPS and FedEx and all of that. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is a job in and of itself just to keep up with the news surrounding what Amazon is speculated to do next. Um, and I think their stock uh, reflects that. It's just every time I look at it, it's up again. 
Uh, there's actually an article now, I think it's on Investopedia, that talks about Amazon with relation to Alibaba and how Amazon is probably going to continue to outperform Alibaba. It's an interesting wow. comparison. Um, and so both stocks are climbing. Um, but Amazon, again, just, a, just a, a behemoth of a stock, a behemoth of a company. Now, a uh, posing question is, is Amazon going to split? And I, I know that's a question on a lot of investors' minds. I mean, you've got a, a, a $1,000 plus stock. You, uh, it's got it's to be considering a split. And if, this, if it does split, let's say they did a, a 10 to 1, driving that uh, price down into the hundreds. You know, yeah. if you could get it down a double digit, you know, uh, 15 to 1 or uh, 20 to 1. Uh, John, would you would you think that would help Amazon to do a split? I think it would. Uh, you know, my, I think it would help uh, investors in Amazon. <laughs> I think. Uh, All right. I think you know, obviously, a lot more people would be able to get into the stock. Um, and you know, I think history has shown that a lot of times when you do splits, the stock starts heading back to the pre-split price. You know, so. Um, it would take a while, obviously, but uh, I mean, look at look at uh, when Apple split. You know what what they did, you know, and where they are now. So, yeah. Um, All right, we have to cut to a commercial now. So we're going to go ahead and on the on the other side of the commercial, we'll chat a little bit more about that, and we'll also get to that uh, Micron case match. Oh, great and powerful wizard, tell me how I can make money. How dare you approach the great and powerful wizard? Not getting what you want from other investment wizards or advisors? Have you ever heard of options trading or spread trading? Have you not tried it because you don't know how? Look no further. TradeCaddy has the tools and education that can empower anyone like a professional. Their options chain wizard makes options trading simple, easy, and more profitable. Find out more by going to TradeCaddy.com. Tired of trying to invent a time machine? Can't get your crystal ball to tell the future? Look no further. There is a wizard that can help you make money. The Option Chain Wizard from TradeCaddy can give you the ability to trade on future expectations. Not only can you make money on an upward-moving stock, but you can make money in any direction, up, down, and stagnant. Go to TradeCaddy.com to find out more. Now, Trade Talk continues on PowerTraderRadio.com. All right, welcome back to Trade Talk. Uh, we were talking about Amazon and the stock splitting and how it's going to benefit anybody who's an owner of Amazon stock. I uh, wanted to get into a couple other stocks that are probably a little less well-known. Um, I guess I could start with uh, that cage match that I was referring to regarding Micron. So Micron, uh, you know, they are, their earnings are shooting through the roof and their earnings projections continue to be adjusted positively. And so um, Barron's came out and they said, if you are nervous about Micron, then Goldman has an options plan for you. And so I took a look at that Barron's article because, you know, that's what we do. We do options here at Trade Caddy, by and large. And so I took a look at what it was that they wanted to trade um, 
uh, trade at, and also what it was that we, what what the OCW wanted to trade it at. So, with regards to Micron, um, what Barons had suggested or uh, that the trade be placed at um, was to put a short call. So these are uh, bull calls. Place a short call strike at 56 and a long call strike at 53. And this would expire uh, 11 days from now, so on the 18th of March, okay? Um, and so what this would do with the short call option price and the long call option price being at 187 and 325 respectively, uh, what does that do for our return on investment? Well, that was going to give us over 117% ROI if this trade were to go through. Um, but the risk is a little bit, you know, it all depends on where you are, uh, you know, how you feel with regards to risk. And so you would be risking a dollar thirty-eight on that trade. So I thought, well, that's a lot to risk. That's a fairly aggressive trade. That's a large spread, uh, three uh, right. dollars uh, spread. So I thought, okay, I'm going to head over to the option chain wizard and see what it thinks about Micron as well. And so, interestingly, so so all you do is you plug in the ticker symbol into the OCW, and then you know, depending on what you think the trade is going to do, whether it's bullish, bearish, or stagnant, you can go ahead and scroll through that section. Um, so I went to right to the bull call, and sure enough, the OCW picks a March 18th expiration, but it's a little more conservative. Um, instead of a 56 short call strike, it suggests a 55 short call strike. And then instead of the long call strike being at 53, your spread is at uh, two and a half, uh, one and a half, I'm sorry. Uh, 53.5 for the long call strike. And so what does that mean for your risk? Well, it's a little more conservative, um, and you're still almost doubling your money. So the uh, instead of risking $1.38, you're risking uh, $0.78. Cents. So that's about a little less, a little more than half of the amount that you're risking. And here's the, the difference is your return on investment is still – 92% if this were to go through. And your theoretical break-even is lower. It's at $54.75 compared to $55.35. So what I'm going to probably do here, guys, is I'm going to place two paper trades uh, later today, uh, one with the Barons and one with the, um, uh, with the OCW recommendation. We're going to see what happens here with regards to the expirations, and I'll get back to you. Uh, what do you guys think about that? It's a wonderful trade. I I know that you've been doing these uh, uh, boxing matches between. There was another uh, uh, instructor that you know of that you you had a uh, oh conversation my. with with Netflix, and yeah. uh, we won't say any names. But uh, Andy, what about <laughs> Netflix? Oh, for a second? Yeah, no. Oh, let me tell you, and, and this is interesting because Arcade and I. And you, we were on a call earlier because we're going through all of our tools and we're just making sure everything looks good. And so there was part of our uh, trade logging, which is available to anybody with, uh, I think, the OCW access to workshops, um, can see we're placing these trades and we're showing what the profit and loss is. It's like a full disclosure thing. And there was one or two trades. I mean, by and large, I I don't know what the total is, but by and large, we're well over 20%. Um, return on investment, but there were a couple of trades that we took a loss on, and and um, and our case says, "Wow, we took 100% loss on that. How that happened?" And so I mean, it just right. it happens. Even with instructors who teach this stuff, it happens, and so we all have to be aware of that. 
But my point was that when we perform these trades, we could we could be on two different sides of the spectrum. So we were talking, I was talking with another instructor, um, and he, we were talking about Netflix, and I was super excited because I'm still bullish on Netflix, even though he tried to convince me that the technical, and he was, it was right, that Netflix was going to, to um, was, was bearish, stagnant or bearish. And he was looking at all the technical signals, and they were all sell signals. And so he was 100% correct that with regards to the technical analysis, if you take a look at the chart, you can see that uh, by all um, accounts, it looks like Netflix should be dropping in stock price. However, um, if you look also at all the other components of the, you know, that you can, with regards to investing, if you take a look at the sentimental and the fundamental analysis, you can see a larger picture. And so, we really had a lot of fun with that because he was 100% insistent that Netflix was going to be uh, bearish. And as it turns out, um, well, we'll just go ahead and let you take a look at that chart. Right. And, and uh, well, while you're uh, looking for that chart, uh, you've got Netflix, you've got Mike, Micron, you've got uh, J.P. Morgan, and there's another trade out there that we uh, looked at, which is AVDL. I think we brought this up in last show, and we said, hey, it was a cliffhanger moment. I'm going to go ahead and get to it now because last time we were uh, short on time and didn't get to go into that. Uh, Trey Caddy went ahead and identified another one. John introduced the Double Eagle Light at the beginning of the show, and that product goes out and finds these opportunities that are based upon the idea that you're going to use a covered call. But John's an experienced trader. He was able to see another opportunity, and instead of using the covered call, he went just for the juggler. He went for the long uh, call, which is very directional, and, and it's uh, you're only making money on an upward swing. Now, a covered call uh, with the double eagle light, it does it in the money, meaning that it puts the short strike position below the current stock price, and therefore uh, taking in and buffering a downward swing. And, and trying to guarantee, there is no such thing as a guarantee in trading, but it, what you try to do is you try to increase the chance that that trade will go through by giving yourself the best opportunity. That's what it did. It set the ground. It dug down on the ground and set that strike price at $7.50 on an $8.54 stock at the time. That stock it did turn down, but as long as it's staying over $7.50, you're making max profit. And it dug down to $6.14. We placed that trade. That means our cost basis was $6.14. You could go back three and a half years in that trade, and you could not find um, uh, a, a, any point in that time that it uh, was down below uh, $6.14. So you, you got um, a, pretty much a, a real uh, longevity back uh, opportunity there. So uh, it does have earnings on Friday. But I want, I want to be warned. Three negative things about uh, this this stock. Number one, it's a stock that has an average volume of less than four hundred thousand. Two, it's a uh, it's a pharmaceutical company over in Ireland. Falls outside the uh, spectrum of the Sarbanes-Oxley law, so the um, uh, executives there can go ahead and say whatever they want in the financial numbers. It has an earnings event. Uh, on March 9th. And the third thing is the earnings expectation is to be a lose 33%. So 
what does that say? That means these guys have sand, if they're sandbagging, if they say, hey, we've only lost 20%, they rally because they've already set the benchmark really low. And they can, uh, if now if they come out to be 33% or worse, then of course that stock is going to pretty much challenge that 614 and it's, it might even drop down there. But um, anything above that, you could see a positive swing on that. So Andy and I are in real money. We're in that trade. Uh, John, look, uh, I was talking to him about it, and uh, that's w- one of the reasons why he went to the Double Eagle, and he found another trade uh, that he found more attractive, and he jumped on it. Correct? Yeah. John? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Double Eagle light. Sorry, yeah, John, the Double Eagle light is useful for more. I mean, it's useful for uh, bull calls as well. Uh, it's uh, definitely something that can be used for many different types of trades, as John just attested to. Right, John? Well, the other thing is, is it's, it's a very good uh, tool for bull puts if you want to do a credit trade versus, you know, bull calls or, excuse me, covered calls can be a bit costlier as a trade uh, right. because you have to buy the stock. Um, but uh, the, the kind of the, uh, I would call it the, the the derivative of that is a bull put or is a bull put, which is a credit trade. So yeah. um, that, that that you can take usually take the same, the same the same equity and and run a bull, look at the bull put numbers on it and see what you're going to get there. Yeah, and you know what? There's another thing that I want to point out, and RK can attest to this. Whenever you're trading with U.S. options, U.S. options you can sell and you can get out of it before the expiration. You where European options are. You you get into a European option, you're you have to stay in it till close. You cannot resell it, do anything with it. So um, RK, he's uh, if he's traded, he's traded internationally, and um, so he's there's a little bit more of a change of mindset when you go into uh, U.S. options, and therefore there's something called put call. Uh, excuse me. Um, a parity where you've got a a, a call parity uh, where you got a call and a put parity where the idea is that the matching bilateral uh, instrument. So if I get a call on one side and I get a put on the other side, the extrinsic values are going to pretty much line up. So put the, let me rephrase that. What looks exactly like a covered call in a credit trade, the bull put or just the short put, just the short put, the short put has almost the same risk to reward almost uh, and it does in european options but in u.s options it's slightly different john you've you've experienced that right you've gone out there and you've done short puts and you've you've got the same reward uh, as a cut yeah i've i've really never been naked though i don't like to be naked <laughs> on uh on just a straight short put so i've always i always put a spread on them sometimes i put it down a little bit further so that i'm keeping more of that premium and just to protect me against a disaster type of a move. So like I might go uh, four or five strikes out to, you know, where I'm, I'm buying back a uh, long foot at a, uh, at a um, much further out of the money, but it, it's only cost me a few pennies, you know, but it still oh. saves me the bottom edge of that. If it went through the, went through the, uh, you know, went down, the, went downhill real quick. Now, I do short puts. I mean, um, John brings up a good point. A short put, a naked short put, 
um, in the last several years has been unattractive because of the short puts is a credit trade. And anytime you have credit trades, you benefit by volatility. Volatility is your friend on that. And um, when you have a stable market, then you're not getting very much for that uh, short put. But uh, in the days when the VIX was over 20, like it is now, it's an indication of extreme volatility. You've got now nice credit you can pick up on that short put. So, uh, but the point is, is now you've got a position of lowering yourself in and you're getting paid. You're getting paid to play this and you're getting paid up front. So uh, a lot of people uh, find that a little bit more attractive than a covered call. Um, But in the back end, the broker handles the risk exactly the same. So um, you still have to cover that short put. Like John said, Uh, you have to have the money in the account to buy that uh, those stocks in the event you're uh, called to it. So assign that stock. Mark, the, the other thing is, is if you if you leverage your account, you know you don't. If you just got that, just wrecks your risk up if you don't cover it. But the other thing I wanted to point out there is that um, if I'm ready to buy a stock, unless I need to buy it that instant because I like the price on it or something, a lot of times I'll do a short put just to get into the stock. You know, right. it gets me in a little cheaper. So right. um, that's that's the value add to it. Right. Good point, John. A- again, we ran through another hour, excuse me, half hour of Power Trader Radio. And wow. we're down to <laughs> 60 seconds. I've got, like, so. I've got like 16 more uh, topics we need to talk about. What are we going to do about <laughs> that? Are we going to do an interim show or something? <laughs> I'm just got the monologue next time, and you know maybe I'll just do my own spin-off show. Right, I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah, Andy's corner. Andy's so, in <laughs> RK, right, guys, he talked too much. Yeah, well, RK told me his battery is weak on his phone. We need to give him a trade caddy battery to keep his phone powered so that he can continue to have conversations with us beyond four after four p.m. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's been another half hour with Power Trader Radio, uh, John Lindell, Mark Eli, and Andy Peterson, and Ramesh Kumar. Thank you for attending, and we look Check forward to talking to you. Com. See you next Talk time. Talk to you next time. You're listening to Trade Talk on PowerTraderRadio.com. Stay tuned. Power Trader Radio will return in a moment. TIAA was created to serve. In the past three years, we've shared $10 billion in profits, not with shareholders, but with participants, our retirement plan customers. And for years, we've provided them personalized financial advice at no extra cost, regardless of the size of their accounts. Why do we give back to participants? It's simple. So they can give back to the world. Learn more at TIAA.org.